Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. I'm sure so many of you have businesses on Instagram or just trying to do content creation or grow your social media following, grow your channels and monetize your Instagram, monetize your passion and you're wondering about algorithm and platforms and how it all works and what's the secret behind it? Well, you can learn this better than from the actual Instagram expert. And I have a surprise for you. My guest today is Larise McMillian, and she's a content strategist at Meta, Meta for Business, which is Instagram. And she will be sharing all her secrets about bust myth about Instagram algorithm, how to grow on the platform, how to monetize it, how to use Instagram and Facebook ads, and so much more. Larissa is famous for doing content strategy for major media outlets such as Refinery29, Elle Magazine, MTV, Fox, Seventeen Magazine, Urban Outfitters, and more. So today my guest will be busting Instagram algorithm myths, sharing strategies on how to grow and monetize your Instagram in 2022. Also we'll be talking about how to stand out in oversaturated market, how can you grow your business with personalized ads? What are the hacks for Instagram growth? How to extend your reach on Instagram, which is everyone is always complaining about. The best ways to monetize your Instagram in 2022. Everything about hashtags and do they still matter? And so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Bond Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hey girl, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited too. 
And you're so talented at such a young age and they have such amazing experience. I can't wait for you to share how did you start your career with my listeners? Yeah. Okay. So I really started diving in the world of social media marketing when I was in community college. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I went to this giant like art school, this fashion school. I was in community college when I first got sucked into the world of social I started working with a local magazine called Girls Life Magazine. I started off by running their Twitter, their Instagram, their Facebook. And I was just like a young, maybe like sophomore who was just like super eager to just like get in the field. My my dream was to become this big like fashion editor or like magazine editor somewhere. And so I was just super duper hungry. And so I started to really find my strength in the the magazine media world in social. I was one of those people who really loved to write, but I also really developed a passion for graphic design. And I remember being in school and having my teachers be like, girl, when you get to a real magazine or a real media place, you will have to choose between design, like being on the art side and being a writer and being on the writing side. And then, you know, Instagram was born and I was like, okay, I actually don't have to choose anymore. And so I went on to do social for Refinery29 for a really, really long time. And it really was kind of my my stepping stone, my uh, place I call it kind of my grad school. I didn't go to grad school, but I went to Refinery29 to join their social team right out of college. And it was there that I really perfected my uh, traffic driving skills with Facebook. I really uh, learned to develop voices and audiences. I, I helped launch a brand new Instagram account for Refinery called R29 Unbothered. It's dedicated to black women. Um, but yeah, I just, I was one of those people who like, I didn't really have, a pl one one place that really housed all of my 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 things I really wanted to do and Instagram really became that and so I started pouring into that platform I I was a social media strategist and editor but Instagram was like kind of obviously like my my love and one day they messaged me and were like do you want to work here and I was like girl, yes, I do. So that's kind of how it came about. I'm a magazine editor gone tech tech girl. <laughs> I'm just amazed by your experience and everything you went through. I've done IT project management too for nine years before I became, you know, I created my brand and before I became an entrepreneur. And I went to community college too before. I went to Georgia State after, but first because I came to U.S. when I was 17 and I was under 18 to go to college. So I had to kill those years before. So I went to community college and I got scholarship for Georgia State. So I had full scholarship for it. <laughs> beautiful. I love a fellow community college girl. <laughs> yeah. And how did you start? I know they messaged you and like it probably was so exciting. You probably... So happy for it. Like, how did you start your career with Instagram and what position do you do now? I mean, I have so many questions about Instagram, but we will dive yeah. into it later. <laughs> I got you, girl. So it's it's really I guess the word is full circle. So 
Instagram for business, Meta for business, that's the team I work on. We're the business marketing sector. So that this team, they do a ton of really incredible content for their Instagrams, their Facebook pages to basically teach businesses how to really finesse their game and, and make the most out of their social presence. Now, they had this series called Social Skills way back in the day. I was still at Refinery. And essentially, they like give you a peek behind the curtain of, of your favorite social media accounts. And so they hit us up. I'm like this editor at Refinery. And they're like, hey, people love Refinery29. People love Unbothered. We want to know uh, who you are, the person behind the, the page. And so I started this video for them. And fast forward like two years later when they were hiring, they were looking through literally their content at who they featured, which I thought was just such an interesting pathway to hire. Like that's that's the world we live in now. Like people are looking at the creators they are hiring to become marketing experts for them. Um, but that's really how I got the job. I'm a content strategist. I essentially dream up posts in my head. Uh, I write them down. Um, and I work with our design team and sometimes um, even our writers to do scripting and things to essentially create reels, carousel posts, uh, Facebook watch posts, anything we post on our, our Facebook or Instagram um, is typically an idea that came from myself or the two other awesome women on my, my content strategy pod. So it's a lot of fun. It's very different than being at a magazine. There's almost a job for everything. Whereas when I was at a magazine as a social editor, I was like, great, I have this idea. Let me go make it and, and write it and, and do this. But um, it's, it's really cool to just kind of be on the hook for thinking. I love that you can experience and explore your creative side and they actually embrace it. <laughs> it's an amazing part of it. And what is meta? Because many people don't even know what it is. I mean, they kind of do, but it's very new. And yeah. how do you become meta creator? Because so many, I've seen the events you guys do an incredible events for meta creators. And I've seen, I mean, I'm sure many people would like to be a part of it. Yeah. So I think when, when Facebook company changed their name, everybody was kind of like, okay, so what is the, is Facebook now just Facebook or is Meta, like how, how does this world come together? And so the best way I can explain it is our company has a bunch of different apps, a bunch of different uh, things to offer. So a lot of people, they think, oh, Meta, they own Facebook and Instagram. Meta uh, works with Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, um, the Oculus, the headset joint. So like um, I think of Meta as this big umbrella that all of these brands sit under. Um, Facebook now is one of those brands that 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 sits under the big Meta umbrella. And so that's kind of how I try to explain it. In terms of becoming a Meta creator, you really have to only have a Facebook page that you're posting on and an Instagram page. They kind of go hand in hand. A lot of Meta creators will um, automate their content so that whatever they're posting on Instagram or Facebook is going to the other channel and vice versa. Um, as you know, now Facebook has reels, which, um, is really cool. You don't even always have to 
create new content, it, it can be autom automatically populated from one or the other, but it is a really um, a new and exciting opportunity for meta creators because you are opening your content up to a, a new uh, algorithm stream. So even if you're posting on your Facebook page, you're gonna get different views than if you post that same video as a Facebook reel. So essentially, the creator landscape in the meta umbrella is just growing larger and larger. Technically, I would still consider somebody who is a very well-known seller on like something like a WhatsApp, technically is a, a WhatsApp creator or, or business, you know? It's just, we always think only of Instagram and Facebook, but it's so many ways to, to take part in the, the meta creator verse. Interesting, because I thought Meta was only for Instagram and Facebook, but I didn't know that has WhatsApp and all this. Wow. That's oh, yeah. Cool. Facebook has Reels, and I have a few accounts on Instagram, because one for my brand, one for my podcast, another one for my academy, the courses, and for um, community. But all of them have different features, and I see some of the accounts have even one-minute stories instead of 15 seconds and another one i have offers from instagram to you can make money by making reels and about that feature it's very new but i see so many people actually do make money on it and in 2022 instagram really gone so far with their features and all the things they have now what's the best way to monetize your content like on Instagram now, what do you suggest? So I work there and I am somebody who uses the Reels rewards system uh, to my benefit. I think back a couple of years ago and I was just posting to grow. And it's really nice to one, have creators of all sizes kind of be rewarded, not just with followers, but with actual money. So I would say that uh, Reels Rewards are a really great place to grow. If you don't have that option on your account, I would suggest, I always, this is the easiest way to find it. If you go to the creator's Instagram account and click their link in bio, the creator's kind of like webpage will, if you're logged into your Instagram or Facebook business account, on your desktop, it will show you kind of where you fall in the creator spectrum in terms of like, your account has the access to do this. If it doesn't have the access to do something, it'll like have some little caveat that's like, all you gotta do is do this to like get access to what have you. But um, definitely don't sleep on the web resources that Meta and Instagram have. A lot of people think that it's, it's a phone thing, so it just happens on the phone, but you really, at least from a, a you know a full time strategist perspective, I spend a lot of time on our like Meta for Business and Instagram for Business websites, just like digging into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that feature, and also I thought it was scam or fake when somebody reached out to me from Instagram saying they granted me some credit to use it for ads and stuff. So I was like, this can be real. I mean, how does Instagram reach out to people and scheduling calls? <laughs> but how do you use ads to your benefit? Like what's the best way to use Instagram ads? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Um, so I actually, that same show that I did when I was at Refinery, 
they brought it back for season three and they decided to have a host and I ended up hosting it, which was a lot of fun. Um, this season was all about how to, how different brands were really like finessing and like honing in on their personalized ads. And I learned so much from the experience. I got to talk to performance marketers from like Shopify and um, Brooklyn and, and all of these really amazing Instagram kind of first companies. And some of my best takeaways that I got from the whole series and experience was one, when you're looking to find these people who might be interested in what you're selling, what you're doing, think about where those people are. For example, if I am like, right now I'm in Baltimore, I am like selling, like, I don't know, like makeup or jewelry. I'm looking for people who dress like this. I might type in locations like Maryland Institute College of Art, which Micah, giant art school, you know, I'm, I can make some kind of assumption that, hey, people who are into the arts associated or, or, or choosing to go to the school might be into this super hyper expressive makeup and jewelry that I'm doing. So don't sleep on how those physical locations really factor in how you're setting up those ads. At the end of the day, you're just helping those people find things that they're going to be obsessed with. You're doing them a favor, truthfully. So think about those location practices. I would also say take the time to A-B test. Facebook has this really awesome um, A-B testing tool. If you don't know what A-B testing is, essentially, it's just like, hey, I have this ad that's like, I don't know, like this Winnie the Pooh mug or something. And I have this picture of it. And like, maybe I'm like drinking it in one. And maybe the other version of it is just like, it's sitting there by itself. I can post both versions of this ad um, in the A-B test. And it will tell me which version will be uh, more likely to be successful to meet my goals. And so that's a really cool free feature that is offered. And, you know, it just takes a little bit of time to put it in there, give the system a second to run its course. And then you go back and you kind of have some new insights and direction on um, what your what your ad should literally look like. Super helpful. And A-B tests is at Facebook side, like when you go to the settings and you set up your ads, so that should be there, right? Yep. Okay, cool. How do you stand out in oversaturated market? Because there are so many creators now and everyone is trying to create everyone's trying to grow but my strategy personally was always be yourself and have your own brand stick to your colors stick to your songs i guess so people when see it and hear they recognize you but what is your opinion on it no i agree you do it so well and i think that it's really like um developing a reputation whatever that means um, I really don't want to be that person that's preaching like stay in your niche because I think that's just weird. It's more so like if you're choosing to talk about something, what is it about your experience or your point of view that is going to be insightful? And also like how do you how do you caveat that it's that it is your experience and, and point of view in your language? For me, I do a lot of advice. Uh, graphics and videos and things. And a lot of people have advice on how to ask for more money and get a better salary. What I like to do is straight up say, hey, I tried this. This worked for me. 
Um, I think that proof point of like, Hey, I'm a living, breathing example of what I'm saying is like working. I think that's a really great way to, to stand out from everyone else's advice of like, try this. It's like, did you try that? (laughs) You know, but also it's like, I think it's helpful as a creator to even like to say like this, this did happen to me. This is uh, something I tried or, or would have tried even just you having done the thing or having experience in the area will make you an expert that people want to trust versus somebody who is just kind of giving some lip service. Yeah, so true. And honestly, it took me a few years to realize my brand actually to my message and because before it wasn't as I mean it wasn't the same as now because now we embrace everything like my brand stands for be unique be yourself never basic because embrace your individuality and before when I was promoting this I did get a lot of hate for it and I did not have many supporters especially in Instagram, because everyone is trying to kind of blend in. They were afraid to stand out. And I read in the book in 2020, and my book was about Cutie the Unicorn. It was a kid's book. It was the Cutie the Unicorn. It's okay to be different. And I put it out there for kids to embrace their individuality, to accept and never judge, because I myself was bullied in school a lot for my style, for my personality just because I was standing out and that's why I decided to write the book to embrace it and to actually get this message for kids so they don't have to feel bad if they look different or they feel different and they don't have to blend in they can stand out (laughs) I love that I know I'm not a kid but I'm like I want that book I'm such a huge children's book nerd I feel like that's like one of my I always say that's my like next life passion or job to maybe be like a children's book writer or like a children's uh animation creator or something it's so cool it has pretty colors too and unicorns like you know everyone loves unicorns now yes <laughs> do it's like magical so it does it is available on amazon <laughs> oh okay you definitely gotta copy that <laughs> yeah and my next question is we kind of talked about growth on Instagram, but do you have any hacks to actually for Instagram growth? Yeah. So to be honest, I have been noticing that in addition to like hashtags, just the concept of SEO is becoming more prevalent on the, on the platform. So what you say in a video, what you write in a video might also be picked up in the algorithm to, uh, to help you show up. I think that um, I saw like some of the Instagram experts that I follow uh, post about that and how that shift is changing. So just being smart about keywords in your content. So just again, helping people who will probably like your stuff, find it easier. I did not know about keywords. I did not even like think about it. And talking about hashtags, are they still relevant? Can we still use? But I feel like it may be probably increased the number of hashtags we can use now because I do use a lot and it still allows me because before it was limited to what, 25, 26? 
Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a, a cap on how many you can use, but I definitely still use them. And even as somebody who, yes, I'm a creator, but I also spend a lot of time hiring creators. So much of the Instagram for business page, the meta for business page is filled with creators, business owners like yourself, who I've messaged and said like, hey, you do X, Y, and Z really well. Will you do a reel for us and show other small businesses how to do that. And a lot of the times I'll find them off of a hashtag. I still will uh, think back to my refinery days, even, you know, it's a women's uh, or women identifying uh, based publication. And so I would look like pretend it's like national, like cookie day or something. I'm looking for a like, woman owned bakery that's so specific but i can type in the hashtag woman owned bakery and at least have five pop up and that makes my job easier and so i still very much support hashtags i also know that for a while people were following hashtags as a way to put their like follow the the number of people that they are following they're like oh gosh i'm like following too many people so to refresh my feed i'm going to follow all these hashtags so I, I say they're so alive and well. I use them. And I, I also put them on my posts as well. Yeah, I do use them too. I, I do see many people actually follow them, like you said. Yeah. How can we extend the reach on Instagram? Because that's like hot topic for everyone. Everyone was so upset about algorithms. And also, how do you hack algorithm on Instagram? Because everybody wants to know that. They think there is there's a bad guy algorithm sits there and it's not allow anyone <laughs> to see their posts and show yeah. their posts. <laughs> so I know that everybody is like, oh my gosh, everyone keeps saying this, but the the way that I've seen my posts get the most reach in the past like three months is really just using trending sounds. I am an old school, I guess social media editor, content creator. So I don't come from the world of pick up the phone, film it fast and post it right away. I come from full production, sets, lights, scripts, everything is planned in advance. And so I have recently just been practicing kind of that spontaneity, that reactive kind of measure. And that mindset has helped me get into the frame to jump on these these quick trends and these quick audio bites and things um i just posted something that was some audio of this woman being like she's like getting ready and the woman's like suck it in she's like i'm not sucking it in oh, um, i loved it <laughs> it's so funny right yeah. <laughs> but that one was 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 viral and you know like i'm a refinery 29 alum i am the girl who was writing body positivity copy all day long. And so what I did with that one is instead of, you know, like the, I think the audio is like real summons is coming back. I kind of turned it on his head and put some copy in there. That was like, I'm loving my body at every stop, every stage and, and size and forget your fat phobia, whatever. And so putting my own spin on that, and posting it fast. Like I probably saw that that um, audio like maybe a few days ago. And sometimes I'll even just be scrolling and make it on the spot now. I'm like, who am I? I'm feeling very Gen Z these days. <laughs> you know, I'm like you, I was 
like you as far as production and set and, and planning ahead but now yeah you have to be like more spontaneous and even I see some of my friends on TikTok they they're like we just pick up the sound and I posted this video I got so many views how <laughs> it's letting go it's like yeah. it's letting go and recognizing like I feel like we as social media marketers we are always preaching to to clients to other people like Oh, it's the name of the game. Be nimble. Be be okay with things changing. That's just social. And we as social media marketers and creators, especially like old school, like millennials who have been doing this for maybe 10 years, we are being challenged almost even more so in this way of like, no, girl, you have to rethink it because things are changing. And I was, I'll admit, I was one of the girls who was like, I don't want to do that. I want to go on set and have this be a big expensive production but that's just not the world we live in anymore and you know when you just have that mindset switch that reach is going to come yeah that's the key I think and sometimes I see those videos there are very I mean just regular videos nothing yes. special no background no setup and someone just saying something and it goes viral I see yeah. people reposting it like crazy and I was like there's nothing special about it but there is like some thought to it and it's just somebody just filmed it in a second and posted it not even thinking how it looks so it's so true my like biggest tip for like I guess just like the hot girls out there you know those girls I'm one of those girls so I don't feel bad saying this you know those girls who post their Instagram stories and it's literally just them doing a selfie video if you're one of those girls or one of those guys and you post a bunch of selfie videos, go back through your phone or go back through your stories archives and download those cute seven second little selfie videos where you're just like, damn, my makeup and hair just looked really good. And I had no reason to post this. I just posted it on my stories. Download all of those videos right now and think of some cute little quick mantras, cute little things you would tweet, throw some text on it and you are done. You have created content and it's going to perform better than what you made in the studio. And it really pissed me off, but I just had to let it go and get with the mindset shift. But that's my tip. <laughs> that's the best tip. And I know it works because I've done it too. I had some videos in my archives and I just like combine it all or just like posted one and added stuff to it. And it did work. So that's the best tip actually. <laughs> Oh, there is huge thing going on, like petition, whatever. Everyone is trying to sign it or just saying it that let's bring Instagram back again. So everyone used to see just pictures on Instagram and now it's like kind of like TikTok, all the reels. And now people even overdo with reels. They just start posting reels only, no pictures. I kind of try to mix them all. I just I want to post some pictures still because it's still Instagram. And some people post just reels because they perform better. But what do you think? Should we go back to our old Instagram ways by having just pictures? I also, I like I told you earlier, I am somebody who was totally a, a big graphic designer back in the day. And so I loved posting like image-based things. I'll be honest with you. I have no say in how it changes. So the way that I think about it is just like, okay, this is just the way it is now. How can I hack it? 
with the stuff that I like to post or like to do. Um, and so one of the best ways that I've like done it is if I'm like, okay, I'm going out with my girls and I know that I'm going to make them take some pictures of me or something. I make sure I have at least like five really good ones so that I can put all of them together nine by 16s and do a slideshow. It doesn't have to feel like some like PowerPoint thing, but just like do them really fast and time them with a song. And that way it's still like, it's just photos. Um, and also it's the same concept as a carousel. It's just going to get more views. So I really think about just like how to hack the idea of, of utilizing photos or utilize, utilizing graphics. I don't think I've posted any in a while, but for a while I was like, dang, I really miss graphic design. Like when I was at Refinery, so much of my day was like thinking of little like mantras, like don't forget who the fuck you are. You got this girl type of shit. I got on the computer and just made a couple of you know, quote, and instead of putting them on like a designed background that I've made, I'll find some stock video or like put it on top of, um, like I know a lot of people use Canva, but Canva has like free video, like just like moving backgrounds, but even putting like a tweet, the the tweet staying still, but like the, the video is moving behind it or something. It's like behind some video of water, but just really getting creative and turning the idea of a, a video on its head because it doesn't really even have to feel like some like start to finish middle and like full composed video. It can feel like a static post that like has one little twinkle or something like just being open to what is working now, I would say it's my best advice. And does Instagram favors some videos or some content more than other and is shadow band still real so i was told even before i worked there that shadow banning was not real that i also have learned since as well that there is technically not one algorithm to blame there are bunches of different algorithms there's like one for almost every what they call surface or what I call sometimes feature. So the stories out, there's a stories algorithm, which stories you see that's separate from the explore page algorithm, which you see on your explore. That's separate from uh, what you see when you're scrolling just reels. That's so I honestly feel like when people say the algorithm, it low key is a lazy excuse for like, Loki, maybe your content is just not there. And like, I feel like nobody really wants to say that, but it's like, the T is there are so many opportunities to pop off on the platform in terms of like, like literally different spaces, maybe actually just rethink the strategy. And again, I was one of those people who was like, oh, like I'm not, I, I'm not a TikToker. I'm a millennial girl who loves her Instagram. And I wanted to stay like this. And like the, when I started letting go and just being like, okay, you are a social media marketer you have, if you want to still have a job in this field, like you have to learn how to be nimble and you have to learn how to um, change that mindset. And so that's really where I've been with it all. Another really important question. Everyone is really concerned because when I was starting back in 2016, I was posting every day and twice a day it was giving me like anxiety. Oh my God, I didn't post today. It's so crazy. I'm missing out. And now like I kind of post every two days, every three days, maybe 
like not as much as I used to. And people are still arguing this question, should we post every day or should we post less? How does it impact our account? How does it help to grow? So the amount you post, in my opinion, is less important than the the quality of content you post. Because going back to the algorithm, the like people's, what's it called, timeline, their home timeline, algorithm is really uh, determined by signals. So let's do mine, for example, based on all the stuff that I'm searching, liking, all the people I'm DMing, all of my interactions, all of those signals that are, that make my account, my account will show me things. And so if my best friend posts a video like twerking on a boat, like three days ago, I'm still going to see that before I see somebody I follow who I don't really interact with a lot or like whose content is just like, okay, cute. Like I met them one time, but I don't really love what they post. If you are somebody who like, if your followers are people who are getting on Instagram all the time, that also makes a difference. Like for example, if when I take a break from Instagram, my timeline will try to catch me up. It'll be like, oh, she ain't been here in, in some time. And so it's going to back pull all of the good posts that they thought I would have liked for the past week or something. Whereas if I'm on every day, it might be a little bit more chronological than the next person. So what you decide to post and when you decide to post me as your follower and the next girl as your follower, how they receive it is all based on how, how they interacted on their own account. You see what I'm saying? So I as you as the creator, I wouldn't even worry about when you're posting. Just make sure what you're posting is good enough to hit that explore page or to keep uh, keep being circulated, you know? I hope that was helpful. I feel like my brain got a little screwed. It is because sometimes I see posts from people um, and they've been posted like two days ago and I was like, why do I see it? But now you explain it, now I know why. <laughs> and yeah, it's like maybe that person or that brand, like, the algorithm knows like oh yeah like she looks at their stuff she she would be interested in this that she missed this or something so it tries to help you out based on the way you use Instagram so the algorithm I know I work there so it's also like girl you drinking the Kool-Aid but it really is the idea like when those people get in the lab to think about like what this code looks like they're not like let's just fuck with people like they're engineers who you know like I don't work with them but I they literally are like how can I write code to make sure every individual person on this platform is getting the content they would like to see and so if you don't like the content you're seeing ask yourself what you've actually been spending time on what you've actually been liking like I heard some guys say like oh my whole Instagram feed is just booty pictures not like what you've been liking you know like it's it's one of those so and does time of posting still mean something and because i know people say well for east coast it's 12 p.m eastern time lunchtime everybody's on instagram it's the busiest time i guess the west coast got the same jump on the same wagon so they do it at 9 a.m their time and they were saying like i used to do 9 a.m or 12 p.m or 5 p.m 
So does it still matter? Because I see some people just say post whatever fits best your schedule, whatever works for you. But what what is the strategy behind it? I say post whenever it works for you, just because again, if somebody isn't super engaged in your content, they're not going to see it anyway until maybe like a while from now after until they've seen the the people's posts who the algorithm decides is the most important to them, you know, but the people who are like your super fans, they're going to see that whether you posted it at midnight, noon, anytime, like what, no matter what time you posted it, the algorithm is going to help you find them, if that makes sense. So I would say at this point in the social game, you should post based on what you and your team have the bandwidth to do. No, I see. And do you still add hashtags to your stories? Will that help to get more visibility for your stories? Because I know when I add location and I do add hashtags too, it does help, but sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes when I travel, I post a new location. I get all these story views and I was like, wow, where did this come from? (laughs) Yeah. So when you go to the hashtag uh, page, there should be some like aggregated story with everyone who used that one. So that's just another location for uh, an algorithm to pick up your post. So I would say you should still use them. Definitely the location tool that is the same thing. It aggregates them all. So if someone is just looking at like, I don't know, insert whatever hotel in Tulum, they can be like, oh, this is what, that's what people do there. Oh, same with a lot of people know the the hashtag a lot of people know the um location sticker but a lot of people don't always think about the sticker stickers um the best example i could think of is like last actually not last month it's august now um but in june around pride uh instagram released these really cute like not gifts but like actual stickers and stories and in reels or what have you um, and in stories, I know that if you use some of those pride stickers, they aggregate into a larger pride story um, in your area. And so your your Instagram story even gets this new like rainbow ring around the circle. You've seen those. Um, and so my pride stories, they did so well. They're probably my, my highest uh, highest viewed stories in the whole month because they were all tagged with the pride uh, sticker. Yeah, I used it too. It did help. It did get many views on those stories too. And there is for some holidays they do that too. So mm-hmm. I always try to use that feature. Yes, always use those. <laughs> and another thing people argue about because we use sometimes the Planoli and Later and all those apps that help you to schedule posts in advance and they actually do automatic post for you yeah. and sometimes people seen it when they posted those apps that engagement and everything goes down and they say that it's better to post manually than use those apps or maybe you can schedule in those apps but actually to post it yourself do you believe in this or is just a myth i i'm not sh- i i don't know what the truth is but i don't believe in it only because if i was Instagram and I decide I know that specifically later and Planoly are legitimate third-party like partners or something like they have some like stamp of like some authenticity and I just don't know why you would be like okay yeah like we're actually gonna do this and then like haha we're gonna like make this 
harder. So like, I, I don't see that making sense business wise. I do like, I switched from Planoly. I've done Dash Hudson. I've done Planoly. Um, I had a Planoly for myself for a little bit that I like wasn't super using a bunch, but I recently got on the later um, train just because I've been trying to work on my like creator presence across multiple platforms and you can also schedule LinkedIn posts on um later in a way that like Planoli doesn't really like offer so right now I'm team later it always changes and if someone would like to have a career in your field is it possible how do they start because for meeting people it feels like it's unreal to work for Instagram <laughs> and if someone would like to do the same how would they start Yeah. So there are a million ways that people end up at a company like this. My route was kind of like through the media world. A lot of people who uh, I work with come from like the fashion world or come from like um, the movie world. And essentially it's like just really knowing how Instagram and Facebook play a role in that specific industry. And so I would say that you don't have to like graduate school or pop out of wherever being like, I automatically know I want to be working at Instagram doing whatever. Because when I, when you, when I was like, I don't know what I would do at Instagram, run their Instagram account. Like, I don't know. Like I I'm a magazine girl, but there's so, so many jobs for everybody. If that makes sense. It's so many teams. So As long as you have become an expert at whatever it is that you do and you know how that business ties back into Instagram, that's going to be your best foot in the door. Now, if you are like an app coder, this that advice was probably so different from you. But, you know, um, one way that I really think is like helpful that I, I haven't seen a ton of people doing, but I think it's cool. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Taylor Lorenz, but she is a tech writer at the Washington Post. And I think that a lot of media people who are interested in moving into tech, think about um, how your everyday beats can tie in with tech. So you can start getting some tech related uh, bylines under your belt. You know, um, when I was at L in places back in the day, I was writing about how silly or or what's her name Gigi Hadid like left Instagram and the, the mental health ramifications and how Selena Gomez and The Weeknd were like dating and how I scoured their whole Instagram to like figure out and put two and two together but like find those ways to tie tech back in with what you're already doing and that will help bridge the gap to becoming a tech whatever this is tech person I don't know <laughs> yeah that's a great advice <laughs> And going to Instagram and mental wellness, yeah, it's everyone, you know, this app, it can be very beneficial, but it can be also sucking you in. And if you don't know where to stop, then you might run into mental health issues, not issues, but just overwhelming yourself. Yeah. And I really had to like set boundaries because before I would spend so much time on it, well, actually working on it, but 
I know some people just on it for fun. And I know some days I start to do like social media detox days when I don't go on social media for a few hours. And it did help me because before, you know, it was a little bit overwhelming when you're on it for so long and, and you see so much and it just like overwhelms your brain. What do you suggest? I know you work for Instagram, but still it's, I know I heard also some theories that Instagram will be setting some times that where you have to like be on it or you can just like set your boundaries or timers how much you could be on the app but not sure about this yeah so there is currently available this uh tool on instagram called the take a break tool and you can set it to to you know a time so like maybe 30 minutes or 15 minutes or I don't know the increments exactly, but I typically have mine like set to like a 30 minute. I mean, I do work for Instagram, so I do need to spend at least like 30 minutes researching stuff. <laughs> um, but it will pop up and say like, hey, like your break time. And it's nice because, you know, you do get in those kind of like what they call the doom scroll and you're just going and going and going and there's nothing to kind of like poke you and tap you out of that. And so I do really love that tool. And it was one of those things I believe they developed directly in response to like human need. People just needed it. I love that they have it now. I didn't know actually about it. I knew, I mean, I heard about it, but I haven't used it. I need to try it too. Uh, I'll show you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Larisse, for being my guest. And thank you so much for sharing so much great stuff about my favorite subject because <laughs> I've been it's been my career for the past five years and I've been on it spending my lifetime <laughs> you do it well thank you and where can our listeners find you your social handles all the information yes so I am at Larisse IRL L-A-U-R-I-S-E IRL I don't know if I needed to spell that but I just did <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, Subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.